Good morning. My name is Fukado Amanu. I'm an MDB student here. I'm from Ethiopia, and I grew up in Ethiopia, born and raised. And when I was in Ethiopia, I have never known anything about Christianity or even Islam. Uh, I followed and embraced the indigenous religion of uh, my people. And uh, so uh, I loved it. So beautiful, so wonderful. And I love the entire uh, ritual things, the chanting and the feast and the food and the blessing from elders and uh, all sort of things that are happening at that time. And also, I was more fascinated about looking at omen reading and also hearing all those predictions and prophecies that the wise people just tell us what God holds for us for next season or for next year. It was such a fascinating thing. It was my identity, that's who I was and uh, who I belonged to as a community as well. And then we moved to a small town and uh, kind of we came far away from where that kind of religion kind of widely practiced. And somebody handed me a scripture tra uh, tract and a couple books and I heard about this Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I liked the story, but didn't connect with anything until later a friend of mine who just came and told me that he believes in Jesus Christ. And if I believe in him and the blood he shed on the cross can be sufficient to cleanse me of my sins and God can have favor on me. And said, okay, but it didn't make sense to me at all. I didn't see any religion in it. Like, it, it doesn't make it doesn't, I don't see any religion of faith entirely. Uh, so he kept telling me this over and over and over. And, uh, and then several years later, I have to move to another region uh, away uh, from my family. And, and one of the evenings, I was hanging out with my friends and came home. And uh, when I came home, our home was just full of, like, my mom's close friends and some uh, relatives. And the house is just full of this beautiful aroma and and sense that I used to, uh, you know, smell when we had those kind of religious feasts. And uh, I said to my mom, what's going on? And she said, uh, we have this uh, herb that we uh, throw in this for you. I said, I don't need it. And she, my mom said, uh, yes, you need it. And she said, uh, actually, she was told, because I'm moving to another region, and she said she was being told, men in my dad's side never make past two, three years. There are some facts in there that I'm aware of, and uh, I need to be washed or bathed and uh, kind of uh, anointed with these herbs in, in a ritual way. Uh, I said no, and my mom pressed and pushed and kind of insisted and just got off my chair. And as I was leaving, everybody would say, like, oh, do you just dishonoring your mom, disrespecting, that's not right. And uh, I said, no, I'm not disrespecting my mom, but I don't need it. And as I was leaving, and I said, I'm already washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And everybody was shocked and they didn't know what I mean. And I, nor did I understand what I said. <laughs> I don't know if I got it from the books I read or I didn't know, or maybe God is speaking through me, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I left and a couple hours later, I came back home and went to bed and in the morning got up, uh, called my bus, you know, the bus and moved to a new place. So uh, when I moved over there after a year or so, I miss this like wonderful uh, young men about my age, a couple of them are like older too, 
and uh, filled with this love that I cannot, I don't have it at least, I know, I, I've never seen it. And I wanted to be just like them. And somebody introduced me to them and uh, they embraced me and they never told me anything about religion, but they showed me the love of Christ. And uh, just hanging out with them for two years and at one point, and just kind of they trying to tell me a little bit of the gospel, the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, over two years period of time passed and then finally I came to the Lord and I became one of them. And uh, I found out around the same time, my mom moved to another city and married to this uh, prominent Muslim guy, and she was converted from our indigenous religion to Islam. And as I was planning to come home, I was dreaded about my new faith. And I said, I'm not gonna tell, any, tell anybody, I'm going to keep it to myself. And then when I came back home, my, my brother, who's very close to me, like through observing me and probing some question, what I could do and what I don't do, and just like hey, observing some change. And he said, what's going on? And then I kind of told him, don't tell anybody this is what's going on. And without my permission, he went out and broke the news and told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then in fact, I was, you know, faced the dreaded persecution, being uh, excluded and denounced it from my immediate family and from the communities. And uh, in fact, my brother who heard the news became the ringleader of persecution at home. Uh, so I went back and, uh, you know, this went on for several years. And uh, at one point, my, my brother uh, sent me a letter. And he said, uh, you know, kind of, uh, guess, you know, guess what? And, I came to Christ. <laughs> I couldn't believe him. I have to write him back, like, what do you mean? And then he wrote me back every details of his conversion story. And I was just in my tears, and I was celebrating. I said, now it's two of us. Then I said, well, we have to help everybody else. So we just tried to kind of a little by little, we started sharing our faith to our immediate family. Uh, I stopped just being undercover and kind of being afraid of persecution. Uh, and then several years later, to my surprise, by the grace of God, all my eight siblings came to Christ, and my Muslim mother, hallelujah, she had an amazing transformation by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my mom became a radical believer who is bold and goes around, not only she witnessed the gospel of Jesus Christ, but if anybody's passing in front of our home, she just kind of kindly approached them and pray for them. And my brother who's been, you know, been persecuting me who came to Christ, today he's an ordained minister. He's the second person for one of the oldest and largest church in Ethiopia, which has over 15 million members. He travels around the world. He preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if I know any wonderful Christian man, that's my brother. And, and uh, my, my mom passed in 2017. And the whole story is not about if we die or not. It's because, it's because that we have hope in Christ who is the resurrection and the life. And we live because he lives. And my mom right before she passed, she used to say this, and if I die, you guys have to put something on my tombstone, and she said this would be the worst, and she said, for me to live is Christ, 
to die again. And when she died in March 2017, that we, in honor of her request, that's what on her tomb today. She's in Christ, and we've been blessed, not only my siblings, not only my mom, there are countless siblings and friends and other people who we've been serving through various opportunities has come to Christ. Today, I'm not just kind of telling you the conversion story of myself, but I just wanted to tell you something, which is when my mom was about to dedicate me to God through those herbs and rituals, and that word just came out of my mouth saying, I'm washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm here to testify to you all by the grace of God, by his mercies, by the work of the cross, and by the power of Holy Spirit, I beat all the odds, and not only past 30 years and 40 years, but I'm here standing in this chapel in world-class seminary to get prepared to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for the generation to come and to raise the dead, to cast demons, and to heal the sick. And I'm here to witness that. The, go ahead and clap for him. Yes, praises and glory be to him to who calls people from dark places, darkest places, unimaginable situation, and brings to the son's kingdom. And that's what I want to witness. God has done good things for me. He's so faithful. Not only I'm here alive and beat all those predictions of false prophets and false religion, but also I'm here being blessed by my beautiful wife and three children. And like I said, I gave the rest of my life to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever he sends me. I just want to encourage you. I know we are all tired, writing paper, reading books, <clears throat> kind of we feel weary. But I just want to encourage you as you go back to either to you know, your respective uh, uh, community, you might face your unbelieving parents or unbelieving friends or former uh, co-workers, or maybe you meet even you know, former uh, somebody in your life, college students or something. But I just want to encourage you to go ahead and show the love of Jesus Christ. And if Holy Spirit prompts you, share the gospel with them. And I can assure you, if you remember your own transformation, the love God has given you, if you remember that and obey God and trust him, you'll see the glory of God and somebody being transferring from the darkest place into the marvelous light of the God's kingdom. And let, I just want to praise God and I just want to say praise and honor and glory be to him who called us from the darkest place and who brought us to this marvelous light. And even in Jesus Christ who gave us hope, the hope that he's coming back to bless us. And even he gave us his Holy Spirit. And I thank God and I, I honor him for everything that he's done in my life and in my family's life. And it's my blessing that he, he uses you in the, such a mighty way that somebody from your family this season will know Christ or just rededicate their life to this amazing God. And thank you for listening to me.
Hi, everyone. <laughs> so this semester, I picked up the frigid sport of ice skating. <laughs> I'd always been strangely drawn to the ice, but like my trips to the dentist, these usually only happened about once a year. So I floss every day, please don't call Dr. Berta. <laughs> After deciding I wanted to take on this ice-laden skill as my physical goal for mentored ministry, I realized with some apprehension that the only time I was available for group lessons was homeschoolers hour. Visions of eight-year-olds perfecting jumps danced in my head. After missing the first session due to COVID, I showed up to Lexington Ice Center the next week and peppered the staff and fellow skaters with questions about group skating. I got weird looks from some children and helpful advice from a parent before Miss Beverly Durborough, the instructor, appeared and opened the door to a whole new world that September day. Since beginning three months ago, I've watched YouTube tutorials of how to do beginner techniques like stopping and two-point turns and changing directions. And here's a video of me trying out a spin two months in. to technique, I connected with elementary and middle school girls that are fun and clever, and even discussed women in ministry with homeschoolers who held a very different view than myself. I've daydreamed about completing majestic double axles in the air, and Saturday night, I kid you not, I had a dream that I invited everyone from the ice skating rink that I knew over for a Christmas party. So indeed, this has, this has infiltrated a lot of my life. Um, the thing is, I wouldn't have stepped on the ice if I hadn't felt the gap. There was this longing inside of me of something that I didn't have, leisure and rest. I remember being asked in many an icebreaker, what do you do for fun? And at that moment, I could either divert, I could mention something I did when I was a kid, although playing Polly Pockets probably is not acceptable anymore. <laughs> or I could toss out a hobby buzzword. Oh, I love to swim, I draw, I hike around. But I would usually draw a blank, and these token words were dependable old friends. Even my Sabbaths were darkened by a lack of true relaxation. I evaluated my day off on whether or not I was restfully productive. I was especially proud when I worked on a paint by the numbers for a few months and gave it as a gift. But this summer, I spent time around my fiance, Tyler, and I found myself jealous of how he took leisure by the hand. He had a wide assortment of things he enjoyed. Video games, Legos, 
the Bengals. <laughs> um, for context, this is Tyler's fourth year owning season tickets, and he went to the Super Bowl in LA last season. So he is indeed committed. <laughs> but as I spent time with him, I noticed how neatly he separated his time of fun and his time of work. He had this staunch divide between productivity and leisure, and his time of rest was to be protected for decompression and enjoyment. As I watched in awe how he modeled boundaries, I remembered praying to God and I said, God, I want something fun to love. And so the gears started turning and let's flash forward to Reverend Jessica Lagrone's office. My dedicated time of ice skating was a mere two weeks from ending and I was reflecting on how it was going during our mentored meeting. I confessed, I'm enjoying myself, I'm meeting new people, but I'm not being productive. I feel this tension inside of me that I'm not accomplishing anything. As I said it, I heard the problem. I knew this wasn't a healthy way of viewing the world, but it was hard to snap out of. My upbringing had this achievement undertone to it. I remember in elementary school, I joined student council because I thought it would be a productive way to give back to the school, and also it would get me into college. <laughs> I then became a straight-A student all throughout grade school and undergrad and even here in seminary. Achievement, success, and productivity were my trinity. I was a slave to doing and I still pick up those chains and eye them longingly. They're alluring, they're shiny, and they're bejeweled, and they don't look like chains. They look like they can get me places. They look like a series of links, like events, that will lead me to a pretty future that shimmers and gleams just like those chains. But those chains are made of cold, hard metal. They aren't genuine, they aren't real, they aren't life-giving. God is our freedom and we are free to be his. He will release us. Instead of being trapped in a vicious cycle of doing and doing and doing, I wanna dance for him. I wanna skate for him. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have shown the joy of play. You have revealed the lightness in doing things with joy, to embrace the world with childlike eyes and to link arms with leisure, to laugh with a full and deep laugh. God, even as we are in this season of exams where everything seems to demand our productivity, where perfectionism may want to lurk around the corner, or we're doing for a grade can become more important than adoration and lightness in your presence. God, set our path straight. Recalibrate us. Help us to take things with levity 
and hold things gently. Amen. You guys know what's funny? <laughs> On Tuesday, Miss Beverly asked if I'd ever been recognized for passing my various skating levels. So she took me to the office and she presented me with these four certificates. <laughs> you can count them up, one, two, three, four. <laughs> but the thing is, as I took these, I really wanted to hand them back. I wasn't doing this for a certificate or a mark of success or works righteousness. My greatest achievement wasn't this sheet of paper. It was meeting God on the ice and answering his invitation to enjoy the fruit of his love. I pray that each and every one of you finds where God is inviting you to enjoy play again. Thank you.